Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... The CBS Mystery Theater is being brought to you by Philips Appliances. I'm E.G. Marshall. How easily things go wrong. Kiss too short or sight too long. And there follows a mist and weeping rain. And life is never the same again. Yes, how easily things go awry. Without warning, without reason. And you're reduced to asking, what did I do? But most of the time, what you did doesn't matter. It's what you should have done and didn't. But there was a robbery, Lieutenant. Mr. Townsend claims nothing was taken. Mr. Townsend is lying. Why would he lie? I am telling you, a valuable piece of property was stolen from Mr. Townsend. And he denies it. I'll tell you something else, Miss Pruitt. You could be in trouble. I know there was a robbery. You also know it's against the law to make a false report of a crime? mystery drama, The Death Disc, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tammy Grimes. Oh. Is each of us, as Mr. Huxley suggests, involved in a cosmic chess game where the play is determined by the laws of nature? And do we have an opponent hidden forever from our sight who always plays fair but never overlooks our mistakes and never makes the slightest allowance for our ignorance? It would seem so, because no one here below has ever won the match or even fought to a draw. You must be Miss Pruitt. Yes, sir. Please come in. This is a most charming place, Mr. Townsend. Well, it's rather small, but adequate for an old bachelor. That table. And the commode. I don't know what to look at first. The chair. It's Louis XIV, isn't it? Literally. Actually, this is one of the pieces from the Palace of Versailles. Uh, won't you join me on the terrace uh, right through this door? What a spectacular ocean view. <laughs> yes. I sit out here for hours. And the mountains in the background... Mr. Townsend, inside and out, you have the most magnificent home I've ever seen. Thank you. Now, let us sit at the table for a moment. Uh, just push those papers and books aside. I hope I haven't interrupted. No, no, I was just busy with my junk tray. Junk? Uh, these pieces spread out here. What do you think they are? They look to be little objects of gold. They are gold, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Purest gold. Some of it appears to be jewelry. Primitive jewelry. Some of it is. Some happen to be artifacts I have been attempting to classify. Uh, just to choose something from the jumble of this little thing here. Now, what do you suppose it is? You say it's pure gold. It looks like a disc of some sort. Well, it is. It's a death disc. It is used by the judges of an ancient Sanskrit people. 
the person would be informed of his death sentence when the magistrate handed him this disc of gold. Oh. I think it's superior to the British system where the judge would put on a black cap. It's fascinating. Do you really think so, Miss Pruitt? Or are you just trying to make me feel good? But it is fascinating. But forgive me. You're here, of course, about the job, and I'm using you as a, a captive audience, compelling you to listen while I ramble on and on about my esoteric hobby. Well, now, let me put the death disc back on the tray, and we shall attend to business. Now, as you know, I am the trustee of the Martindale Foundation. Yes, sir. It is my responsibility to hire an executive director. But what do I know of these things? So, I depend on the guidance of others. Paul Carney, my attorney, is quite impressed with your qualifications. Mr. Carney is very kind. And very knowledgeable. I trust his judgment. And so you can relax, Miss Pruitt. This interview with me is merely a formality. I know I can do a good job, Mr. Carney. Oh, so do I. Now, all that's left to discuss, I suppose, is your salary. Uh, excuse me, please. I always forget to bring the extension outside. Hello? Joe, has Miss Pruitt arrived yet? Yes, Paul, she is here now. Ah, what do you think? Well, I'm quite favorably impressed. I knew you would be. I was afraid she'd be one of those high-powered types. Some the Pruitt? Never. One of those abrasive, liberated women. I'm not trying to push you, Edward, but the work of the Foundation has to go on. Her applications for grants must be processed, and I really don't think you can do better than Miss Pruitt. Well, I'm inclined to agree. I see no reason at this point why she should not be hired. Good. Then uh, you'll send it to me, and I'll get the paperwork started. Yes, I think so. Wise choice. Talk with you later. Goodbye, Paul. Oh, Miss Pruitt, could you come in here for just a moment? Yes, Mr. Townsend. I've prepared the tea tray in anticipation of your coming. I hope you'll join me in a cup. Thank you, Mr. Townsend. My man is off today, and I have to do for myself. Now, I know how to brew the tea, but would you be kind enough to bring the tray out on the terrace? Of course. Shall I set it down on the table? Yes, thank you. Now, I wouldn't mind growing old if somehow arthritis were not part of the package. Sugar, cream, lemon? No, thank you. I take that as a good sign in the person. It proves they are concerned with the essentials and not distracted by the trimmings. <laughs> well, now we were going to discuss salary. Yes, Mr. Townsend. I had mentioned a figure to Mr. Carney. Is that agreeable? Oh, Mr. Townsend? Mr. Townsend, are you all right? Yes. You said you wanted to discuss my salary. Your salary? Mr. Carney seemed to think... I do believe, Miss Pruitt, that at the moment such a discussion might be premature. But if I'm to start work, I should the know. The fact is we do have several other applicants who must be seen. Oh? Yes. But hadn't Mr. Carney told you? No, sir. He probably neglected to... But I was under the impression... The executive secretary actually runs the Martindale Foundation. He or she is responsible for several millions of dollars a year in grants to the arts and sciences. But I've already served in a similar capacity. We would be remiss if we did not screen the largest possible number of eligible candidates. You do understand, don't you, Miss Pruitt? Yes, sir. I understand. I understand that I'm not going to get this job. It's true, isn't it? I only said there are other candidates. That isn't true. Now, Miss Pruitt... Why did you suddenly change your mind? I think I have a right to know. Well, I think you already know. But I don't. Very well. Let's leave it at that. 
What did I do? Miss Pruitt, I do not see any point in prolonging this discussion. I don't understand it, Mr. Connie. I don't understand at all. Well, what happened? I don't know. I spoke to him on the telephone. He said you were hired. That's what I thought. We were getting along famously. And suddenly, he just changed his mind. Why? I can't even imagine. Well, what did you say? I didn't say anything. Must have said something. I think, even the most trivial seeming remark. I said no to cream, sugar, and lemon. He approved of that. Did you say anything else? In response to his invitation to discuss salary, I said that you and I had discussed a figure. And then he became silent. And I could sense that right there is where and when it happened. He certainly couldn't object to talking about money. Did you mention the figure? I didn't have a chance. You must have said something else. No. You did something. No. Well, it couldn't come out of the blue. It did. Out of nowhere. Suddenly there was a wall between us. He had been kindly and warm. Now he was distant and cold. One moment I had the job, and the next moment I lost it. No, no, you haven't lost it yet. I have, Mr. Connie. I could tell by his manner, the look in his eye, the tone in his voice. I have no chance at all. Well, it just doesn't make sense. You have the best qualifications. Why did he turn against me? Why? Why, Elwood? I cannot think she's the person we're looking for. But I do. Then we disagree. She is by far the most qualified candidate I've seen. Now, what is wrong with her? Let us say I do not care for her personally. That is not fair. Perhaps. Elwood, when we spoke on the phone, you told me you were very much taken with her. Oh, did I? Well, that was the first impression. And like most of its type, it turned out to be wrong. You spent only a few moments with Miss Pruitt. I mean, when did you have a chance or a reason to revise your impression? Paul, what is your interest in her? Interest? You asked me to screen candidates for the job. I only met Miss Pruitt the other day. Mm. You still haven't answered my question. I see no reason why she shouldn't be hired. I think you're doing her an injustice. Does it strike you she may be doing me an injustice? I don't see how. Well, you seem to take the position that I am being arbitrary, capricious. And aren't you? No. Now, I decided not to employ her for a very good reason. Actually, the best in the world. Then why didn't you tell her? There is no need. She is aware of it. She insists. She doesn't have the slightest idea. Oh, does she? In that case, I can only say she is lying. Elwood, tell me what it is. I prefer not to discuss it. I don't know, Mr. Cunningham. Mr. Townsend insists that you do. Please, believe me. Now, allow me to be frank. I'm Mr. Townsend's attorney. And therefore, you're on his side. No, 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 it's not a matter of sides. Mr. Townsend, after all, does have the right to, to be arbitrary about the person selected for the job. I don't deny that. But Mr. Townsend has just accused me of telling a lie. It's just a misunderstanding. I have a reputation. No, 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 this is a private matter. No one will know about it. But you'll know about it. And you believe Mr. Townsend. After all, he's your client. And who am I? Just a stranger who applied for a job. Since I didn't get it, I'll pass out of your life and be forgotten in a very short time. Well, you put it starkly, but it is essentially true. 
So why don't we dismiss the whole thing? Because it isn't fair to me. I am not a liar. Will you help me? What could I possibly do? I want justice, Mr. Carney. You're a lawyer. Shouldn't your primary concern be justice? Theoretically, yeah. But there isn't anything I can do that will get you the job. I am no longer concerned with the job. I want justice. Miss Pruitt, I consented to this meeting against my better judgment. Well, uh, judgment, better or worse, should be suspended at this point until we establish the fact. There is only one fact, and it is perfectly obvious. And what is that? Uh, uh, Miss Pruitt can tell you. If there is something I should know, I am unaware of it. Before you left here, after your interview, you had asked me why I had changed my mind about you. Yes, sir. And I told you that you knew why. But I don't. This seems to be the whole point of contention, Elwood. Did I do something? Well, did she? Well, yes. Obviously. But I'm not aware of having done anything. It doesn't alter the fact. Even if it were an unconscious act, it would still disqualify her for the position. Mr. Townsend, I wish you would tell me. I would rather not. I was willing to let the entire episode be forgotten. And you would have been well advised to do the same. Elwood, what are you trying to say? As you know, Paul, I always try to avoid an unpleasantness. I was willing to let it go. Take my loss quietly and forget the entire affair. Your loss? Are you saying that Miss Pruitt took something? Yes. Miss Pruitt stole something. It's a lie. It is true. Miss Pruitt is a thief. Really? We weren't quite prepared for this one. But if it's true, what did Miss Pruitt steal? Or more to the point, why? Or, if you want to explore the other end of the tunnel, if she's telling the truth, then Mr. Townsend must be lying. And again, we must ask, why? You can see, we're asking enough questions to keep us hopping all the way through Act Two, which shall arrive here shortly. Truth is elusive. Reality is ephemeral. And even illusion is illusory. According to the philosopher, there's practically nothing you can hold on to in this world here below. What happens when two apparently respectable people accuse each other of lying? The obvious answer is that one is wrong and the other is right. But could they both be right? Could they both be wrong? Could they both be both? Mr. Townsend, I am not a thief. Very well, Miss Pruitt. No, it's not very well. Elwood, what did she steal? Listen to what you just said. Do you believe him? Mr. Carney and I have known each other for many years. He knows of my respect, actually of my reverence for the truth. What did I steal? But since you intend to brazen it out... I resent that word. Now, 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 look, we've all gone too far to back out now. Suppose you tell us what it is, Elwood. Well? I know what you want, Mr. Carney, to think of me, Miss Pruitt. That I am a rich, influential, capricious man who is using his power to torment you. I couldn't have said it more directly. Actually, I'm trying to protect you. From what? Suppose I acknowledge the fact publicly that you are a thief. It could destroy you. I'm an old man. I don't want to have that on my conscience. 
I was tempted to do that when I caught you. What did she steal? Nothing. The death disc. It's a lie. Why? That gold symbol of ancient Sanskrit justice. She stole it. Now, it's out in the open. What do we do about it? Now, Miss Pruitt, what do you say to this charge? It isn't true. You're an attorney, Paul, an officer of the court. We have here the fact of a theft. Do we paper it over, hide it under the rug? I was willing to do that, but Miss Pruitt refuses to allow it. Mr. Townsend, I did not take your precious desk. Believe me, what would I do with it? At today's gold prices, it's worth well over a thousand dollars. As an historical object, its value is infinitely more. Well, what makes you think I stole it? Because it isn't here. It isn't on the tray. You were with me all the time. When would I have had an opportunity to steal it? Let me refresh your memory. We were sitting out on the terrace. I showed you the disc. You held it, examined it. And I gave it back to you? Yes. And I returned it to the tray. You admit that? But then, Miss Pruitt, the telephone rang. It was Mr. Carney's call. I went inside to answer. And then you called me in to help you with the tea thing. Yes. But for at least a minute, you were alone. During that interval, you decided to steal the disc. No. Why would I do that? It was perhaps a sudden uncontrollable urge. How could I expect to get away with it? It is. It was the smallest, perhaps the most insignificant of all the objects on the tray. And there is such a mass, so large a clutter of things you thought. I might not notice. But I didn't take it. It isn't here. We both agree it was there when I went inside to take the telephone call. You were left alone with it, and now it is gone. The fact speaks for itself. Well, Miss Pruitt... Why are you looking at me like that, Mr. Carney? Oh, I'm very sorry. You believe I'm a thief? Suppose we say no more about it. If you say I stole it, then you should call the police. Well, such an accusation might be difficult. Perhaps impossible to prove legally. Then it shouldn't be made at all. And, of course, we do have this possibility. You could sue Mr. Townsend for false arrest. Defamation of character. What are you saying, Mr. Carney? As a lawyer, I am merely stating legal possibilities. But do you believe what you're saying? Come, we are prolonging an unpleasant situation. Now, if you will all excuse me, the matter is closed. Get rid of her. Tell her I'm in a meeting. Say I'm out of town. You're here, Mr. Carney, and we both know it. Now, Miss Pruitt. What's going to become of me? Miss Pruitt, you're not getting the job, but surely it isn't the end of the world. It is, for me. A woman with your background, you'll find something somewhere else. You think I'm a thief, don't you? Well, there is no point in raking all that up again. What if I take a position with another foundation? You'll believe, Mr. Townsend will believe, here is a woman who will preside over considerable sums of money, and she's a thief. Now, Miss Pruitt... Can you be comfortable with that knowledge? Will you be able to sit by, silently? Might not your conscience compel you to make a discreet call? Miss Pruitt, as an attorney, I can tell you that there are two types of dishonesty. One is private, and the other is public. Now, you have a, an unfortunate affliction. But it need not manifest itself in your public behavior. I see the case is closed. I have been judged, 
and found guilty. I'm afraid we're not getting anywhere. Has it occurred to you that this is all his word against mine? Why would he lie? Ah, the spotless Elwood Townsend. And after all, who am I? But you haven't answered my question. Why would he lie? Perhaps he had a sudden change of mind about me. Why? Perhaps he, he might have noticed something about me that reminded him of a woman he hated. Elwood Townsend is not the kind of person who would hate anyone, especially a woman. Every man can look back on his life and remember one woman he hated. And this could be his way of lashing out against her, of crushing her. In any event, as Mr. Townsend has already said, the matter is ended. Not for me. I don't see what's to be done. You can understand people who fight to protect their wealth. Why can't you understand me? My only wealth is my reputation... And I shall fight for it. Yeah. Lieutenant Stovall? Joe Stovall, that's me. What can I do for you? I was directed to you. Well, this could be your lucky day. What happened? I wish to report a robbery. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your name and address? Selma Pruitt. I live at 7648 South Crescent in Lawrence. Oh, that's a nice neighborhood. Low crime area, too. Why don't you report it to the local precinct? That's not where the robbery happened. It took place in the home of Mr. Elwood Townsend on Lookout Point. Mr. Townsend? Hmm? And what was stolen? A death disc. A what? It's an ancient artifact. Anyhow, it's a disc about the size of a ten-cent piece. A bit thicker. Weighs a few ounces. It's made of gold. Uh-huh. Approximate time of robbery? Ten o'clock this morning. It was removed from a tray of similar objects that was resting on a table on Mr. Townsend's terrace. Only that one piece stolen? Yes. Why? I don't know. You know how it could have happened? No. Any suspects? Yes. There's one. Who's that? Me. I'm suspected by Mr. Townsend of stealing that disc. Wait a minute. Now, let me get organized here. I was under the impression you were an employee of Mr. Townsend's. You were coming here to report a robbery. Now it turns out... Look, why would you want to come here and tell me that you're suspected of committing a crime? Because Mr. Townsend refuses to accuse me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, would, would you excuse me for, for just one minute? Uh, I just remembered it. I have to deliver these papers to the inspector. I'll be right back. So what you're saying, Mr. Townsend, is that nothing was stolen. That is correct. And this lady isn't telling the truth. But why should she do a thing like that? I'm sure I don't know, Lieutenant. Yeah. Okay, look, I'm sorry I bothered you. No, it's quite all right. Goodbye, sir. I gotta start shaping up. I must be getting old and sloppy. I should have spotted her for a nut the minute she walked in. Oh, yeah, Miss Pruitt, we're going to look into it. And I want to thank you for reporting the matter to your police department. What are you going to look into? Well, uh, the case, naturally. You don't believe me? Oh, no, I... You I... were probably in touch with Mr. Townsend, or his attorney, Mr. Carney. Miss Pruitt, Mr. Townsend says that there was no robbery. But that isn't true. Now, look, I like you. Please, Lieutenant. I mean, you're my type. Don't get angry. I mean, you're nice, you're quiet... And you, you radiate a lot of, well, call it class. Lieutenant, I refuse Take to... my advice, lady. Back off it. Back off what? Whatever it is. You could get into trouble. I mean, actually, if I were a cop who operated by the book, you'd be in trouble now. 
What kind of trouble? Lady, it's against the law to make a false report of a crime. But the man accused me of a theft. How could he accuse you of theft if there wasn't any theft committed? I, I don't know. It's crazy. That's all I can say. It's crazy. You know something? You know, sometimes things just don't go too well. So, you know, maybe you begin to imagine... No. How, no. How, 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 what do you say to a cup of coffee, huh? I mean, we, we, you know, we got a guy here. He's not such a great cop, but we keep him because he makes such terrific coffee. How about it? Huh? No. No, thank you. Look. Whatever it is, forget it, huh? He's not worth it. Thank you, Lieutenant. Thank you. Goodbye. Sure. Anytime. Anytime. in the phone book. I rang the bell. No one answered. I, I heard noise in the back. Well, I'm building a doghouse. I have no right to intrude. That's all right. What can I do for you? I really should go to a private detective. I did try one, but the prices those people want... Yeah, they have to live, too. I must find out what could have happened to that dish, how it might have been stolen, by whom... Oh, we're back to that, huh? Well, Lieutenant, I know I don't have the right to ask, but you look like a very decent sort of person. <laughs> Well, flattery will get you everywhere. But where do you want me to go? I want you to investigate. Investigate what? Never mind. You'll answer the crime, and I'll ask what crime, and we'll go round and round. I have no other hope. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do either. Couldn't you just go to the place and look around? What do I say to the inspector? How do I justify this expenditure of the taxpayer's money? What crime am I working on? Who authorized it? I mean, it's a giant machine, Miss Pruitt. And all us little cards always have to be revolving in place. I'm sorry I bothered you. I just thought... On the other hand, what's to stop me from taking a ride out there on my own time? Maybe I'm just going down to the beach on a picnic, huh? Oh, Lieutenant. Lieutenant, do you mean you'll help me? What can I do? I'm a sucker for a pretty face. I don't have a pretty face. Well, that's because you don't think so. Hey... Maybe that's your problem. It could very well be her most serious problem. After all, in a world which unfortunately judges books by covers and birds by feathers, one's image of oneself can pronounce the most scathing judgment of all. But meanwhile, we're still stuck with our original problem. Who if anyone did steal that disc. It won't be long now till Act Three. We have to concern ourselves with the basics. When an object is suddenly missing from its place, it has either been mislaid or stolen. No? What other alternatives do we have? It couldn't have simply vanished into thin air, could it? Uh, let us not dismiss any possibility, remote as it may seem. We do live in an age where the word impossible is slowly disappearing from the dictionary. And uh, this kind of hint is all you're going to get. Hey, we each got a sandwich for <laughs> I don't think I could eat another bite. This really has been a beautiful picnic. Sure. I had to justify it, didn't I? You're fond of that word, justify, aren't you, Lieutenant? Well, I always have to have a reason for everything, even if I'm not aware of it. 
You don't go out on a lot of picnics, do you, Miss Pruitt? How could you tell? No, you don't look comfortable. But I'm, I'm really enjoying this, honestly. Would I be stepping out of line if I said that you don't go out much, period? I had a reason for asking that. Yes? I mean, I, I want to get a line on the kind of person you are. I see. To answer your question, I haven't gone out much. No. Why? Is all of this also in the line of duty, Lieutenant? Well, it's in the off-duty line of duty situation that we find ourselves in. Some girls get asked out a great deal. Some girls don't. The ones who don't look for other ways to fill their time. And they find them. I decided I'd become rich. Since I had no money to begin with, I studied finance in college. I got my MBA degree. I went into jobs where I had to handle money. But none would ever be mine. However, by that time, being rich didn't seem to matter much anymore. Meanwhile, you were too busy to go out. After a while, you just get out of the habit. Mm. MBA, that means uh, Master of Business Administration. Mm -hmm. You know, I never went out with a girl that had one of those before. I don't think everyone out with a girl had any kind of degree. I can't tell you how grateful I am for, uh, for... For what? Oh, for your being interested. Mm-hmm. For trying to help me. I haven't done anything yet. That, that's the house, way, way up there in the... Yes. What are you going to do? Not talk to him. Maybe that's the best thing. We'll just go up there. Face him and have it out. No, no, no. You better stay here. I don't think he'd appreciate seeing you just now. Let me see what I can do. I'm Lieutenant Stovall. Yes, we spoke on the telephone. Won't you come in? Thank you. Uh, Look, before we begin, I have no legal right to be here. I beg your pardon. I mean, you can ask me to leave and I'd have to go. Why did you come? Well, I want to get to the bottom of this situation that you're having with Miss Pruitt. There is no situation. The woman applied for a job. I decided not to hire her. And she decided to spin this matter out of whole cloth. Now, look, I said I was here on my own time. So anything you say to me is off the record. Lieutenant, I have no wish to discuss it further. You don't have to say a word. Just listen to me. Now, this room leads to a terrace. May I see the terrace? Thank you. Okay. Now... The two of you are sitting out here, looking at the objects on a tray. One of them is that disc. Okay. You go back into the house. I don't know, for a minute, maybe a little more. She's alone with the tray. Then you call her inside. Now, nobody is out here. Could somebody have sneaked up here and stolen it? No. This terrace projects out of the mountainside. The only access is through the living room of the house. And the intruder would have to get by both of you, right? Yes. Okay. Both of you now go back outside. And you notice that that thing is gone from the tray. She's the only one who could have taken it. Now, why didn't you face her with that, Mr. Townsend? Is this off the record? Lieutenant, I said I do not care to discuss it. If she stole it. And how else can we account for it? I mean, it's gone. Then she's in trouble. No, no. She will not be accused of any crime. No, no, no. Her trouble is deeper than that. This lady steals without knowing it. I'm sorry. Mr. Townsend. Look, you're the trustee of the Martindale Foundation, the purpose of which is to help people. Now, she's a person that needs help. Why didn't you accuse her then and there? Uh, 
I simply cannot face unpleasant confrontations. I have neither the heart nor the stomach for it. That's wrong, I suppose, but since she was eminently qualified for the job and Mr. Carley was tremendously impressed, at that point I had to tell her why. And at that point, hadn't it become a matter for the police? But we could no longer prove it. She'd had ample opportunity to dispose of the disc or hide it. Mr. Townsend, you may have had your personal feelings, but you also had your duties as a citizen. Now, just a moment, Lieutenant. A crime was committed in your presence. You deliberately closed your eyes to it. Now, had you held her to the police, we would have found the evidence on her person. Well, I uh, did not want her to go to prison. She'd have been forced to face up to basic facts. And she'd have been sent away to a place where she could be held. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Perhaps you're right. Well, will you help her now? How? She needs treatment. It'll cost. I understand. But if she is so thoroughly convinced of her innocence, how can she be convinced... Of treatment. Well, what happened? What did he say? Hey, you know, it looks like rain. We'd better be heading home. I've already packed everything and put it in the car. Great. Let's be on our way. How did he come? Miss Pruitt, one thing we know for sure. That disc is missing. How do we know that, Fisher? Well, when both of you returned to the terrace, the disc was gone from that tray, wasn't it? I don't know that it was. Well, couldn't you see? I wasn't thinking about the disc. I wasn't looking at the tray. I didn't notice whether it was there or not. Well, for the sake of argument, assume that that disc was missing. Why should I make such an assumption? Well, just go along with it as a favor to me. Now, how could it have disappeared? I don't know. You agree no one could have gotten out of that terrace from the outside? Why are you asking me all these questions? What could have happened to that disc? Nothing. It never disappeared. For reasons of his own, which I've already told you about, he's decided to lie about it. That's the only possible explanation. He'd have to be a very evil person to do a thing like that. Then that's what he is. But everybody knows that Mr. Townsend is one of the nicest, kindest... Then everybody's being fooled. Would you do something for me? I think so. Just lean back in your seat, huh? Relax. Yes. Now, try to clear your mind of whatever you're thinking about, huh? Concentrate. On what? On what you did with the disc. What? Where did you get rid of it? Stop this car at once. Now, Miss Pruitt... I want to get out. You believe I'm guilty. But it doesn't have to affect our friendship. Please, let me out. Look, I think you're terrific. In, in many ways. You also think I'm a thief. What happened to me? All I did was apply for a job. And for some reason, this man, this terrible old man, wants to destroy me. And everybody believes him. I don't know why he's doing it. I only know that I did not take that disc. You took it without knowing. That's impossible. Now, look, I've run into people like you. You steal for a reason. What reason would I have for stealing? To get even. With whom? I don't know. Maybe the whole world. Why? Because you feel you've been cheated. Out of what? You mean you don't feel you've been cheated? Now, be honest with yourself. It, it's been a kind of quiet life for you, hasn't it? I've been successful. But my career... Yeah, you've also been lonesome. Lonesome? Oh, Miss Pruitt, come on. Look, I'm as old as you are. I never got married. I never had kids. So I know what it is to, to really be lonesome. Then you should steal, too. No, I do something else. I lie. About what? Everything. 
I make out to be the life of the party. You know, happy-go-lucky Big Joe Stovall. Most of the time, I'm so miserable, I can hardly stand myself. Then why don't you go to a psychiatrist? I do. How do you think I know about all this stuff, huh? And listen, not a word about this now. If they knew at the department, I was seeing a shrink. But I didn't steal that disc. I... I know I didn't. It had to be that way. Now, don't fight it. I'm not a thief. Of course not. But something comes over you, and, and, and you can't help yourself. I mean, you're so ashamed of what you did that you just get rid of the thing. Joe. Joe. Is it all right if I call you Joe? Sure. Is it true? I mean, I can't fight the whole world. Never try. What can I say? Can I believe there's a conspiracy against me? Of course not. Now, look, you'll go to see a good psychiatrist. Mr. Townsend has arranged everything. Mr. Townsend? I told you, he's really a very fine person. Did I really steal it? Once you face up to it and quit fighting it. It's so hard to believe. I know. I'm so ashamed. So ashamed. Listen, you're on your way. And everything's going to be all right. I'm a thief. All these years I've been a thief. And I never knew it. Are you Mr. Townsend? Yes. Mr. Aspenwall at the museum suggested I call on you. My name is Glover. Russ Glover. Now, please come in, Mr. Glover. Now, uh, won't you sit down? I can only stay a minute. Uh, could you tell me what this is? This... This... This golden disc. Where did you get it? My wife and I have been fishing up here. You've got some great trout streams in these mountains. You ever try uh, The... Uh, Disc. Where did you? How did Some you... of them, though, are kind of narrow. Anyhow, I, I, I'm making a cast when my line gets snagged in a tree branch. So I climb up. Now, there's a bird's nest on this branch. My wife says it's a magpie. Uh, she knows about this. Uh, yes, Mr. Glover. And I see something very shiny. I take a look, and it's this disc. My wife says those birds are thieves. They see something bright that attracts their attention, and they pick it up and take it home. Uh, yes, yes, I see. So it's got this kind of funny inscription on it, and I take it to the museum. And this Mr. Aspenwall says, you got one just like it. Oh, yes, I had one just like it. It is an ancient Sanskrit death disc. A what? Uh, when a man was condemned to death, he was handed one of these. Yeah, sure. So, my wife says it must belong to this Mr. Townsend. And that bird was flying along one day and was attracted to the thing and just swooped down and swiped it up. And she said, you go up there and return it. You, you've come here to give it back to me? Sure. It's the right thing to do, ain't it? Oh, yes, the right thing. Yes, it is the right thing. I bet you must have kept wondering, where did it go? How could it just disappear? Did you ever even dream it could have been something like this? No, Mr. Glover. Not in my wildest dreams. May I come in, Miss Pruitt? Oh, yes. How, uh, how have you been? How? I'm not sure. I'm not sure of anything anymore. 
I've been to see Dr. Rosenstiel, and I'm more confused than ever. Everyone tries to convince me that I stole your disc, because it's the only answer. And so sometimes I accept it. Sometimes I don't. I can't. I just don't know what's going to become of me. Well, you could take the job at Martindale. I understand. Dr. Rosenstiel must have convinced you to employ me as part of my therapy. No, you can never trust me. Uh, Miss Pruitt, I'm offering you this job as part of my therapy. Because right now, I don't believe I can ever trust myself again. I always saw myself as a kind and wise sort of person. I see now that I've been insensitive, afraid of reality, frightened of life. Please, Miss Pruitt, forgive me. Mr. Townsend, sit down. You don't look well. I don't feel well, but it's all right. I deserve it. Miss Pruitt, never again in your life ever be swayed from what you know is the truth. Fight the world, even if you have to fight alone. Say you forgive me. Yes. Yes, I forgive you. You did not steal that disc. I knew I didn't. Yes, I always knew it. Rejoice in your vindication. It is a precious moment for you. Who did steal that disc? Who? A little birdie, Miss Pruitt. A little birdie. A little birdie. An unexpected visitor from the sky. But that's how so much of life goes. Don't you agree? Fate. Change. The unexpected. We think that we plan, that we provide for, that we prepare, and in many cases we do, and in just as many cases, we do not. We may not be quite like leaves at the mercy of the wind, but we're not too far from it. I'll be back shortly. What do you do when suddenly you are forced by public opinion to doubt the evidence of your own five senses? When the wind blows, the tree sways, doesn't it? What is the moral of our little tale? Simply this. In human endeavors, the truth usually belongs to whoever can present the most convincing argument. Our cast included Tammy Grimes, Norman Rose, and Mandel Kramer. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Join us again next Sunday night at 10 for the CBS Mystery Theater. Brought to you by Phillips Appliances on Stereo 92 in Bradford. Mm-hmm.